0: I am Haley Taylor Schlitz. I am a third year law student at Southern Methodist University and on May 13th, I will be the youngest black person to get their law degree in the history of this nation and the youngest woman to get her law degree in the history of this nation.
1: It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have a very accomplished young woman, and she's not even, she's just getting started. She's just getting, you know, warmed up, but (laughs) Haley is going to give us the game on what it is to be the youngest Black woman to graduate law school, and I'm going to say, whether you are listening to this or watching, you have to forgive me. I got a visalign, so when you guys hear me trying to slur words, I don't talk with a lisp, but... I am, they told me to keep it in as long as I can. So you bear with me and don't make fun of people, even if they do have a list, because that's not cool. But <laughs> Haley, welcome to the show and congratulations. <laughs> you know, CBS, everybody has covered you. I'm going to start off with let's make, a, let's start debunking some of the rumors first. Mm-hmm. Is it true or not that Dr. McStuffin is based on your mom? That's true. That is true. Okay. Is true. So so we have good stock right here. We can get into that later. I just wanted to get that out. But okay, is it true or not that, you know, you graduated at 13 years old high school and you were struggling at one point in the fifth grade, y'all. Yes. Um how what was the what like I homeschool my kids? What was it for all the homeschool parents that got you to this level? Was it you didn't turn on the TV? Was it that, you know, you just got the work and you could test out of classes? Give us the game.
0: I think it was really that homeschool allowed me and my siblings, but, you know, I'll speak for me, um, to learn at a level that I needed to be at to be engaged. You know, it's where um, a lot of people, you know, I've gotten questions like, what's the rush? I mean, it's really not a rush, you know, like it's where I am intellectually where I need to be be, to stay engaged, to stay interested in the material, to actually want to be in school and learn. And that's key to actually retaining information and thriving. And so uh, homeschool really allowed me to be in the grade that I needed to be in to do all of that. And um, also homeschooling allowed me to go not just at my own pace when, uh, you know, grade level versus age wise, but also, um, you know, school day wise. Um, I think a lot of times homeschooling parents or just people in general get um, scared when their kid is done with all of their work in four or five, six hours instead of the eight or nine. That um, public school has you doing, but if you think about it, not only are the transition periods removed from classroom to classroom, locker to locker, the lunch and the recess are potentially removed. If they just you know do their work and in the morning and then eat after. Um, you know, a lot of things are removed. The distractions of their peers are removed. They are um, in an individual learning environment, so they're engaged in the material. And when you're engaged, you're uh, working harder, more invested. You know, going faster. Um. So my parents at first also were like. There's no way you're done with your whole school day, and it's only like, you know, noon and you started this morning. you know, like that's not it's one o'clock. Like most students go until three forty five, four pm. Like you didn't do all of your classes, all of your homework, all of your learning already. And like I said, you're at home. So there's already that, that adds a lot, that takes away a lot of time from the transitions and the transportation and the distractions, but also you're where you need to be to stay engaged. And that means you're more interested and more invested. So uh, those are the things that really helped me at least.
1: <laughs> you know, you said something so key that I did not learn until like, Thirty-eight when I was diagnosed as dyslexic, that and and the woman said your verbal fluency is so high, but if you don't engage in something, you your, your brain just turns off on that subject, and that's not something that in elementary, middle school kids or even parents are told. You know, they the person is ADHD, are just a bad student or a bad kid, and it's like no maybe it's that slavery they don't want to hear slavery every year that's how their you know history yeah. to you started maybe yeah. that could be it yeah. so the engagement now was it the dallas curriculum or was it your parents creating something in that homeschool curriculum that kept you interested
0: um i would say it was my parents i wasn't entirely homeschooled uh we live in keller and we use a local college style school in keller Um, and the college style school is basically where you go to a building with teachers and students and, you know, all of that normal school two days a week. And then the rest of the time you're at home doing assignments online, bringing them the next day or submitting them online. And so, um, I would say that it was really what my parents fostered at home using that curriculum that really helped me. Um, like I said, it really allowed me to be me and learn where I needed to be to be engaged. Because, you know, as I use an analogy, you can imagine it's like a movie you've already seen, eight nine ten times not even like you particularly like the movie and you can't skip it so you're just sitting there listening to it and very bored so at some point you're going to get distracted and you're going to start to look around you're going to start to pay attention to things that aren't the plot anymore like looking at background people or let your mind wander and then when somebody's like you know hey are you paying attention what just happened in the last scene you're you're going to be like I don't know and I don't care like Seen this movie so many times, I am bored of hearing the same thing over and over again, especially if after the first time, you understood it and you got it. And it's not even like it's your all-time favorite movie. So just sitting there, just painfully watching this movie, you already get. So I would say it was the homeschooling environment that my parents fostered that allowed me to move on to the next movie (laughs) and uh, watch something different, learn something different where I needed to be. And of course, it's personalized, and that's the beauty of it.
1: And so you know the $10 million question is, where can we get that curriculum? Is it on sale on Amazon? Uh, where can we get it? Because, you know, I, my, my child, my youngest, she skipped two grades once she got to homeschool. Yeah. You know, it was like, eh, I'm going to something else. I'm trying to catch my sister. Yep. So where can we get that curriculum?
0: Exactly. So the, all the curriculums that I use, and of course, it depends on your student and just where you are in school, where you are in the country. But um, the, all the curriculums that I use are in a book that my mom and I wrote called The Homeschool Alternative. And the homeschool alternative is kind of like, I like to, I like to describe it as split into two parts. It's not like officially like that, but um, the first part is about how public school really wasn't made for students of color. And like, it wasn't made with students of color in mind and um, students of color really can't excel in a school system that hasn't changed since before segregation, since before all this discrimination, racism, not that that's over, but it, it's been the same for hundreds of years. And um, you really, it's really hard to thrive, not that you can't, I guess, but it's really hard to thrive in that environment. Whereas in homeschooling or another schooling uh, environment, uh, it's much easier to thrive because it's more tailored and like aimed at you, um, not only you as an individual, but students who look like you, so that you and all students who look like you can thrive and are, ta- you know, just, a uh, catered to and so um yeah so that's what the the first part of the book kind of discusses um alternatives to the public school system since it's not really like the best if it's not doing well for you if it is then you know you're you so keep working at it but um if it's not doing great for you it talks about other options like the homeschool alternative um and so there's kind of statistics and then uh, other options and then the second half of the book talks about exactly what we did so my whole story my whole journey um parts where I tripped and fell parts where I thrived and excelled and uh different uh, at the very end of the book there's literally just an itinerary of like bullet pointed lists by subject and grade of the things that we recommend or the things that at least we use that we really liked and um yeah it's all there on the homeschool alternative it's at barnes and noble it's at amazon it's yeah so so you can find on my website too so uh plenty of places to find it (laughs)
1: And I had to let you talk about the book and and you did such a great job. Um, You are definitely, you might've studied media training. So I don't know if you've been media trained or you studied it on your own and and excelled. Definitely. Uh, So, you know, People will get the book, they'll read it, they hear about you, and then they're gonna try to compare their kids to you and your brother and your siblings. Like, hey, why can't you do that? At 17, she was elected a delegate, right? Her, look at what her brother did. Like that pressure at a young age, cause you know today in America, it might've always been, people it's like they build you up to wanna try to break you down later. How do you deal with that pressure? Or do you don't even feel it? Cause you're like, I'm not living for y'all.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really great way to put it. I'm not really like, I, I obviously have like pressure. I think that pressure in a sense can be a really good thing. Um, uh, kind of like pressure, meaning goal setting and wanting to achieve those goals. Of course, you always thrive to be your best self and it, it sucks um, when you trip and fall. It sucks when uh, you get a bad grade or something. But I always take those things as a learning opportunity um, instead of like negative pressure. Um, like you said, I'm not really like living for other people. So I don't define what I think success is by their standards. Um, So I've never been super fond of like the ABC letter system, for example. I feel like it doesn't account for where students started, how much progress they made, who they are, their learning abilities, Just, you know, how quickly they pick things up against other students. If a student started knowing 90% of this material at the beginning of the semester and now knows 98% of the material, they're seen as a better student than somebody who started at 10% of the material and now knows 60% of the material, even though that student has... Massive accomplishments that's not even recognized. They still have a D. You know, you have a 60, you have a D, you didn't pass, you got to retake it, you're stupid. Whereas this student who went from a 90 to a 98 or whatever, that's great. You know, they know a lot of the material, they still made a lot of progress. That's the goal of life is to constantly be taking steps forward, not to take anything away from them, but the other student has an accomplishment that was overlooked. So for me, I, instead of trying to like put pressure on myself or feel pressure from other people, um, of course it's good to have just, you know, pressure and nerves to keep yourself moving and keep goal setting. Um, So, you know, that's good for life in general but if you don't reach those goals or you trip and fall, Um, I like to put it in perspective and take it all as a learning opportunity. So a bad grade, it's like, okay, what did you do for this grade? Because that didn't work. So maybe flashcards aren't your thing. Maybe, you know, like bullet points aren't your thing. And you learn from it, you know, because then it's not really that big of a fail. Because if you can learn from it and never fail a class again, because you now know how you study best, then it really wasn't a loss. Because now you'll get good grades or better grades going forward because you learn from this experience. And so um, instead of putting pressure to be perfect, just know that you will slip and fall and you will fail. And when you do to learn from it, so that way you feel better and more confident about yourself going forward, regardless of what other people are saying. And of course, it doesn't mean ignore good advice or ignore supportive people or, you know, generations who came before us who know where the landmines are. Of course, I'm not saying ignore other people, but don't. Just take it as point blank period. That's the answer, you know, of course, because you have you, you know yourself too. even if they know you really well, you know you really well. So um, take everything and mix it all together, I guess is my recommendation when it comes to pressure and nerves.
1: You know, one thing I love about your story is that you were not allowed in the gifted program as somebody who was a terrible student till they got to college. I'm like, we didn't want to be in your program anyway. But you, <laughs> like, but do grades even matter when you graduate at such a young age and you're just, you keep rolling? Like to you were grades even, was it even, you know, did you care if you got an A or if you got a B? Um, like how dedicated were you to just grades versus just completing the
0: absolutely so I like I said I'm not super fond of the ABC letter system but I still do strive for an A um, because other people are really fond of the ABC letter system and uh, I know that I am smart and intelligent and a hard worker but um, it's unfortunately I guess easier to prove that to other people when you have a higher GPA and so um, that is a value of mine is getting good grades but a lot of my peers actually, and it was crazy to me because it just shows the difference in mindset. And it's perfectly fine to have different mindsets in this uh, area, but it just, it just surprised me. Um, In my first semester of law school, we got our grades back and I had gotten several B's and I was happy about that. I was like, Hey, look at that. Like I got a B in that class and I'm happy about that. You know, like, Of course, it was, you know, an A is higher than a B, and everybody wants an A if they can get one. But I was really happy with my grade because, like I said, I defined success for myself, and that was successful for me. And other students had gotten straight A's, but they got an A minus. And I was, they, they were just bawling. And I was like, I mean, and of course, it's its more than okay to have those different mindsets of wanting to have straight A's or define with a variety of grades. It just surprised me though, because I would have been like like ecstatic if I had had that GPA and they were completely disappointed in themselves. And not only does it show the difference in where your values lie, how you define success, but it also shows the difference in what they were trying to do with their grades. Because in order to be valedictorian, or get hired at a law firm, you need to have straight A pluses and straight A's because somebody else will have that. So if you have an A minus and somebody else has does not have an A minus, they have a competitive advantage to get hired at law firms me i wasn't trying to necessarily get hired at a law firm like that's great if that opportunity presents itself but my goal was always to get into educational policy that deals with nonprofits elected officials be a teacher of some sort so my goal or like my i was goal oriented differently than they were and both are great they're fine obviously but grades have always mattered to me just because not only does that help me prove to myself that I can do it um, and that's also how I've set my goals in the past Um, not that that defines me like I said I'm not fond of defining students like that hence why when I got a V I celebrated Uh, so grades have mattered to me before but um, I think that I take it in a grander scheme of things and less of Letter by letter, grade by grade, I want to get an A and everything because you're not going to get an A and everything more than likely. And if you do, that's incredible, and you'll have a competitive advantage over students who didn't get A's and everything, at least in that area of grades. But um, you know, I mean, really take, really put into perspective if you didn't get an A and everything, what else were you doing in life that you could put on your resume, put on your essays, and you know, developing your network for letters, letters of recommendation that make you competitive. You know, so even if you got a B, if you're like a professional ice skater that literally that i mean it still looks great to colleges to to jobs like it's okay to not be perfect in everything you know so of course grades mattered to me but i always kept it like in perspective of what else i'm doing and where i want to go with these grades you know so
1: so your mother being hey dr taylor shout out to you (laughs) um you know the 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 you wanted to be a doctor at one point. You're young enough to go do it all. Are you tempted at all? And I know a few, some of those people that have both a JD and an MD, I'm like the dedication. Uh, shout out to Dr. Tony. The, the dedication to being a lawyer and a doctor to education. How tempted are you to just say, you know what? I'm young enough. I, I can knock this out. Are you at all, you know, leaning that way to taking the MCAT and no. saying, I want to, No, nope, not at all. Not even a little bit. I know your mother would smile and be like.
0: She would. Not at all. I am done with school after this. I am ready to go and get my hands dirty in the different systems I want to make a difference in. Um, Yeah, like you said, shout out to the JDMDs. Shout out to the MDs alone. Uh, No, no. I like science and math, but not that much. We are done with school. Yeah.
1: Okay, you're you're done. So no even PhD to top oh, it off or anything. Mm, mm, all done. <laughs> okay. No. Wow. I'm 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 surprised because you know all the different certificates and hey, I got my this that the third. But yep. you say you're you say you're done, but you're really just beginning because you haven't got your first job yet. That we know, we know there's plenty. You know, waiting waiting for you, but. But the, you know, to get that first job, is it job? Are you going to open up a law firm?
0: Um, I want to go and get a job working somewhere. And I have a couple job offers on the table right now. But it kind of depends where I want to be in the nation. Some are in California, some are in D.C., some are in Austin, and some are in DFW. So. I have not decided yet uh, as to where I'm going.
1: (laughs) Okay, but you are not bound just there because you have a whole river named after your last name, um, you know, in Germany. So there could be international appeal, plus all of the 54 countries in Africa would love to have you. Uh, They might even try to make you president, you know, if you stay long (laughs) enough. So, So are there any international looks to say, let me go explore the world and see, you know, more of the world? For a, for a longer period of time as an adult.
0: Yeah, I really do want to travel. I'm not sure about settling down and getting a job or like living somewhere internationally. I do think I want to do that nationally, at least uh, in the future that I can see. You know, you never know where life takes you and when I'm older, maybe. But um, in the future that I can see, I do want to live nationally and uh you know, just kind of settle down somewhere here. Um, But no, I would, I definitely want to have like a year of traveling is what I'm calling it as of right now. Uh, Going to, um, I want to try to visit as many continents as I can, as many countries as I can, get exposed to as many cultures as I can. Uh, just really for the fun and education of it. Um, not only obviously does traveling really teach you a lot um, just about yourself and wherever you're going in the traveling process. Um, but also I think it would be really fun. I've been out of the uh, country before. My sister's adopted from Ethiopia, so we've been over there. I've been uh, to Europe, uh, France. You know, I've been to Madrid and you know Paris and all of it over there um I've been to Mexico so um out of the country uh, down there so I've been to I've been out of the country and I really do love to travel um so yes to answer your question I definitely see a year of travel in my future I do not see um living somewhere uh internationally I, doing work internationally would be cool but not living somewhere internationally
1: Okay. And, and that's great to know that, you know, I don't mind traveling there, but I want to live here mm-hmm. where many of my guests, um, including mm-hmm. myself, are like, we come here, we're in America to get money and let's go be, <laughs> let's go be wealthy and do whatever yeah. we need to do. Like the rich Africans, right? On Netflix yeah. and really show <laughs> you how to do it. Yeah. Now, now this, this, you know, you with the German lineage, are you able to qualify to get citizenship over there? I don't know if that interests you at all.
0: I have never looked into what qualifications you need to have dual citizenship, but now that you said that, it has piqued my interest, and I think I just might. Um, I, I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I would be interested in doing that, but again, I don't know what like qualifications you need or what the process looks like to uh, have that dual citizenship. But I think that would be awesome.
1: You're a Google search away, and you can I- find <laughs> it. Yeah, you 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 can find it because you know for um Black Americans we got our Sierra Leonean citizenship about seven months ago Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's great to have options. Uh, the wealthy collect citizenships and they do that because they know what's going to happen before it happens. You know, they get the memo first. And there's a, there's a benefit, whether it's, you know, you're trying to shift some of your assets like crypto or whatever it is. And you, you know, whatever it is, I don't want to say too much on here. Um, because they're always listening so (laughs) but but let me ask you this question and this is really for the parents and also the young people but especially the fathers who they I know they've been wanting I can hear them asking while you were doing all these great things were you able to have a boyfriend the answer is no y'all she wasn't she wasn't able to have no boyfriend that's why she's successful but I'm gonna let you answer the question
0: (laughs) My mom would agree with you on that. She would would love that answer. Uh, No, it's not that I wasn't allowed to or not allowed to. I just didn't have one. Um, I do now, but throughout my process of uh, being like an undergrad and like pretty much the first two years of law school, um, I did not have a boyfriend and that's just because it's something that I wasn't looking for. Um, I don't think that my parents would have said like, no um they do they do not want any of us to be in relationships younger than like 16 ish um but after that i still didn't have one um but i just wasn't interested in it so uh it wasn't something i was looking for at this period in my life but uh, now i do have one and he's great (laughs)
1: londonandsydney.com 19 she got her first boyfriend you guys can y'all can y'all can wait they yeah. <laughs> now, b- but then the other thing is, and because I, I can hear one of my slick guests saying, "Well, if she's done all this with older people in school, her boyfriend might be forty-five years old." Um. So, how, so how do you get a boyfriend in your age range, or can you even connect with people in your age range?
0: Yes. Yes. He's nineteen. <laughs> he is age appropriate. Um. Yeah. No, I have had a lot of exposure to peers my same age all throughout my life. Like Even right now, um, my, uh, mo- my mother did a great job when I was younger, uh, making sure that I had exposure to peers my age, um, as that was a common question that people got asked, but also obviously a very valid um, concern too. And so uh, I did my accelerated path. But while I was in high school, while I was in college, and even into law school before COVID, I did a lot of extracurricular. So there was fencing, there was speech and debate, there was choir, there's piano, there's harp, there's horseback riding, just name it, I've done it. Um, and there's a lot and it was uh, age based, you know, so you know, fencing is like, you know you're competing in the 12 through 14 bracket or whatever and so obviously the age I was I was with my peers and so in all of those extracurriculars I would be with my peers I was part of Jack and Jill the Roars it was just I was in all those groups and my peers were in those groups too because you know at the end of the day when school is over they still do things you know they're still active and do things outside of class so that's kind of where I came in and got to meet a lot of my peers. So uh, yes, my boyfriend is age appropriate. And my friends are a wide range from my age to 25 to 40. So um, I have a lot of mentors and friends.
1: (laughs) That no, that's great. Uh, For my fencing Friends, um, I, I did that as a young person as well. Mm-hmm. Short time. What what style? What what what, what, I, what style?
0: I I have done saber and Epe.
1: Okay, okay. And do you have a preference?
0: Saber, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. 4K, Why?
0: I, it's just I like how how much faster it is. You know, I did Epe and it's very deliberate. Um, but saber, your your mind has to move quickly because it, it, the point the it's over in a second. So um, I really, I think my mind moves quickly and I think that Sabre keeps up with that pace. So I like it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, that's, I I just, I just ask. And of course you like things that are quick because you (laughs) finished at 19 and you're done with school. So of course, now, you know, um, I'm I'm one of those over the top people where I want to beat you like behind the back uh, (laughs) type things. Um, You know, I want, I want to try something difficult. Um, Now with you, you got a book, you, you've won plenty of awards with all the success. What is a community give back that you're doing or that you would like to do in the future? I
0: think that one of the community give backs that I would like to do in the future. And I start with that because it's really, I I feel it. I feel it materializing and I'm really excited. um, Is to go and teach. Uh, It's really something that I feel called to do. Uh, I got my undergraduate degree in education, my bachelor's of science in education, and I just, I really see that as a way of not only giving back to the community at large, because one black teacher increases the statistics of going to and graduating from college for all students, um, but especially at a high, really high rate students of color. And so, uh, but not only that, but also I want to give back to those students of color. And I want to make sure that I can provide to as many students an opportunity to have a safe space to really grow and thrive and be at the level that they need to be. Um, And I want to, to prevent as much as I can uh, while inside the system as a teacher um, students from experiencing or going through what I have experienced and gone through being denied from the gift and talented to program you know racism just microaggressions in general just the disparity struggles barriers I want to be um, in the system trying to dismantle that for as many students that pass through my class as I can and create that like I said that safe space but also a place where they can grow and thrive and get as personalized as I can get as a teacher with uh, several students, which I know is not easy, but uh, I would want to do that to the best of my ability. So, And like I said, I feel that materializing. It is so close uh, to being there as, um, as I consider next steps after graduation and after I study uh, for the bar um next steps career wise that is definitely on the table um uh, like I said on top of the legal considerations for jobs that I have I definitely want to do teaching as well so um yeah so I really feel that uh, materializing I'm really excited to do something along those lines at least <laughs>
1: Well, okay. Let's talk about that because you run in some good circles. Anytime you talk about Jack and Jill or, you know, or, Hey, you go to a cotillion or participate. Mm-hmm. So those, those things in our community can be very snooty, very push, mm-hmm. very, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And some would say, wait, you get all this education to become a teacher. You should be the secretary of education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, that type of pressure does it ever come on to you because you know it's like what are you going to go teach in a school where it's gang ridden and you might get hit you know the kids aren't listening in all the schools so how much of a give back to the population not to say you have to go to the hood but like I would just think like I'd be pressed to say I want to help I want to help the streets at the same time I'm not trying to get nipsey hustled or you know beat down by the streets because Kids have like all the power in school. T- teachers, I've done that job. Their hands are tied, you know, mm-hmm. for so much. So, like you being a teacher online or teaching at a college could make sense. But besides, yeah. you know, everybody is going to be trying to, hey, mm-hmm. can we go on a date? But <laughs> but that's <laughs> going to be what. Right you just got to deal with that right your mama got to deal with that too and and, you know so it is what it is but how where like how do you pick like I want to go to the inner city or I want to go to the suburbs or I want to go directly to college because I I want to be able to you know see the the roots grow the seeds grow like where are you leaning towards right now
0: really am keeping my mind open when it comes to like location or like like style of school um I know that I want to do something like a private school or like a charter school um I just I really appreciate that those classrooms are typically smaller because it really allows me to do what I want to do and being personalized with those students but I think more of what I look for is diversity in the classrooms because like I said I really want to impact students of color girls uh, that's really where I want to you know like leave my mark or that's how I think that I'll be able to best leave the mark that I want to leave is having a student body that looks like that. And um, so, you know, wherever that takes me is uh, where I'll go. And um, like you said, I know it's very possible to uh, end up getting beaten down in uh, school systems that, you know, maybe are just having a hard time managing their students um, or getting the teachers to stay engaged and stay inspired. And I think if that ever were to arise for me or that situation were to arise for me, I think that I would end up leaning on my legal, like, training my legal experiences, um, and like remind myself number one of why I've decided to come and teach here in the first place. Um, But number two, take it as an opportunity to um, work on the system from the outside too because like I said I got my undergraduate degree uh, in education and that allows me to go into the classrooms and be that teacher and get that experience and gain that knowledge and be able to hopefully impact the students that come through my classroom but also I'm going to get my law degree and that allows me to write policies on the educational system that allows teachers to be the best teachers they can be that allows them to create that uh, learning-inducive environment that allows them to leave an impact on our students and so So if that ever were to arise, I would either, you know, or maybe both remind myself as to how I, you know, how I am here and why I am here, Um, but also take it as an opportunity to step out of the system. And uh, maybe, you know, change the foundation of it if I can uh, go into policy or work for a nonprofit that works on policy work for an elected official that works on these policies and work on the educational system from the outside. Uh, So that way, the teachers who are in the system uh, get the most opportunity have the most amount of flexibility to um, make the difference that they uh, have the ability and training and credentials to make and obviously uh, that's with legal regulations hence writing educational policy but writing educational policies that are inclusive and um, just aware of what's who the student body is and what they look like now and I think that having teacher training and being a teacher will really contribute to writing that policy accurately and successfully. So um, I think that there are a lot of avenues uh, if I were to face in a situation like that
1: a new policy i knew that that's where I, I was like that's what she should be be, be doing and so <laughs> it's coming i mean you don't go from fencing to winning all these awards to being able to play the harp of all things mm-hmm. right and just uh now go into the lean on me situation where you're gonna have to battle the system the kids <laughs> i'm not trying to fight y'all i'm Haley. I finished at 19. I could do what I want. I, you know, I might change my mind and become uh, Doctor McStuffin uh, Junior. You know,
0: that's you
1: now t- t- tell tell the people about the Doctor McStuffin. Um, you know how it came about, how your mom is tied in, and you know just how that impacted your life. Saying my mother is Doctor McStuffin. What?
0: Yes, yes. So it kind of came about when we realized that the show was even being aired. Actually, it's like I, I think that it's correct to say it's the first cartoon that has a black girl lead. And so um my mom Immediately saw this and also the fact that she wants to be a doctor and my mom's a doctor jumped on this to emphasize how important a show like this was and how happy she was to see it and so she posted about it and talked about it shared it, Um, like I said this is when we first noticed that it had aired. And so um, then she decided to gather all of her uh, female doctors of color that she knows, and they made a giant collage saying thank you uh, to the creators of Doc McStuffins for making this show and how valuable it is um, to kids. Uh, all kids but especially kids of color to see this cartoon and change the narrative of a doctor just being a white man and so and in the cartoon her mother uh was a doctor as well and uh, she was a doctor a woman of color and so um after uh doc, the doc McSuffin show the writers the producers everybody noticed my mom uh in this collage and all of the work like all of the celebration and just all of the appreciation. Um, they had my mom and my sister fly out to where they, I think it was Los Angeles and, um, record like a little like commercial if you've ever seen like the commercials but like like the transition commercials that are only like a couple seconds or like maybe 30 seconds long in between cartoons and it's like and she was on there and she's like you know hi I'm Dr. Manisha Taylor and it was like a whole like animation as to why it's important to you know stay clean and wash your hands or whatever the episode was about and how it's great to see doctors of color and all of that so it was just they really really appreciated her appreciation and so um after that uh she came back here to texas after they were done doing that uh, little commercial and all that and um she was named the mother of doc mcstuffins who like i said is a woman of color who is also a doctor and so every once in a while in an episode you'll see her um her doc mcstuffins will go to her mom and be talking about some medical you know medical issue her stuffed animal is facing and the mom will tell her about some like a drop of like medical knowledge and it's like it's The cutest little interaction, but it's so cool that sometimes they'll even refer to her as like Dr. Taylor or something. And it's just, it's the best thing. And it has been really cool growing up being able to, you know, like just kind of throw that out there. You know, it's an interesting fact about your family. Oh, my mom happens to be the mother of Doc McStuffins. And I just, it has been really cool. I'm very proud of her.
2: (laughs) Do you
1: consider yourself, um, and I know it's on your jacket, but do you consider yourself? And when did you consider yourself a prodigy?
0: I don't really I've never thought of myself as a prodigy. Like just like in my own mindset, like I am a prodigy. It's not really something that I have like consciously thought. I, I think that I'm smart and I think that I'm a hard worker. Um, but I just it's never really been like a, a conscious, like a constant conscious thing. Um, I know that I'm accelerated. But I think that a lot of times the term like genius is associated with me and my brother and my sister too. And um, it's, it's just my brother and I and my sister in an interview, will, we, we've talked about this before, but it's just that word is a word that we, it, it's, it's very flattering and we love and we think that we're smart. Um, but I think sometimes the term genius demotivates other people from realizing that they can do this too. Um, it's not that you have to be a genius um, or, you know, a prodigy necessarily uh, to do what we've done, and I think that prodigy can be either associated with being a genius or associated with just being successful, and I think I'm successful. I think I'm really smart, uh, but a genius is uh, a real, is a compliment, and I wouldn't, like, like, rejected or get upset but I think for viewers it's important to recognize that you don't need to be like a genius like you know Albert Einstein or Sheldon Cooper to do this path you know you just need to be able to have this opportunity to thrive in an environment that's for you and you it doesn't your your path is not going to look like mine where you're 19 and in law school but whatever your path looks like it'll be extremely successful if you get the same opportunity and you work hard and take advantage of it and so um, I think that's something that I like to emphasize Sizes. I love I like of course like anybody it's a compliment to be called a genius and I think I'm really smart and um of course I'm not upset or I, you know I don't uh like I wouldn't be like I don't think that I'm a genius but um I don't think that you have to be in order to do what we've done and um a prodigy in this term in like the term of being successful I do think I'm successful um, but again, like I said, I don't think you need to be any particular kind of like IQ or anything like that to do this path. Um, so I've never really consciously thought of myself as like a a genius or a prodigy. It's not something that I think like I am or something I identify as, or even like subconsciously, I guess, to not emphasize on that, but uh, it's not something that I identify as.
1: <laughs> we were never allowed to take certain testing because uh, if they test you and you test slow you'll be marked throughout your whole career mm-hmm. um you know IQ tests never took one I always tell people uh, Mensa tried to recruit me just because they they heard me talk as a youngster right mm-hmm. but have you ever taken one of those IQ tests
0: yes yes I have
1: Okay. And, and, and it, your, your test, and this is for the person who either, you know, you could go off the charts on tests and they say, mm-hmm. you're so smart. You're, you're crazy. Um, okay. Do you get in the middle or do you, are you off the charts on, uh, on the thing? Where, where are you at?
0: Yeah. So my brother and I were both, I don't, I don't know my sister's score, but I was there when my brother got his score. And obviously I know mine, but my brother and I were both one point below the maximum of what the IQ tests like tested for. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, it came back and they were telling us like, you're both so smart. Uh, the test administrator even recommended that we do like early college. Um, they were like, Oh, they're just, they're so smart. And they said the same thing about my sister. I just don't know what exactly her point, was but they said the same thing about her too, like she's so smart, all three of them are so smart. And um, it was just uh, we have taken those tests. My brother and I are in Mensa, we're in Inner Davidson, you scholars, all of those um groups, and uh, we did enjoy it. Uh, not only did they do they provide a lot of opportunities for that peer to peer socialization, um, and not only does it like you know look good on resumes and all that good stuff, um, but my brother and I also just really enjoy being part of the uh the groups. Um, it's like Uh, something that uh, we have in common and that we both really uh, enjoy doing so yes to answer your question we have taken those tests and um, it came back as really smart but just to emphasize what I was saying earlier you know it's not like you know you can you can do all of this too without having like a one point below IQ Um, this is not like a genetics thing you know like I said my sister's adopted from Ethiopia she's doing this exact like she's where my brother and I were when we were 14, when we were her age. It's really the environment that you're in, the opportunities that you can take advantage of, uh, just your hard work, your taking advantage, your self-accountability, time management, all of that is really what is key to being successful in your own, in your own way. Obviously, you won't be my brother or my sister or whoever, you'll be yourself, but thriving is the point. And um, so, yes, to answer your question, we did take those tests and scored pretty high and we're in those groups, and it's really fun to be part of them.
1: Okay, so you guys, I want you to check those out. And I asked, did she see herself as a prodigy? Because the Sigma Gamma Rho folks put it on her jacket, and that lets you also know, you come off very, very nice, posh, but if you are a Sigma... Uh, you know she has another side to her, you don't want to see it, you know. <laughs> so so I, I just throw that out there. That's why I think you're a genius because I've known people to flunk out while they're pledging, and I know all the old school people are saying, Oh, but they're everybody's paper now, not everybody. So you don't know what people had to do. So stop that because you got yours in the 70s and your time is finished. But I mean, talk about talk about pledging and And keeping your grades up and still finishing, you know, college um, with your first degree at 16. Like, how, how did you do that? Someone needs to hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I um, pledged actually while I was in law school, uh, right before COVID hit. So the second semester, my first year of law school in February is when I crossed. And um, it was a really, really great experience. Uh, My mom's a Sigma Gamma Rho, so I'm legacy. And um, it's just been it's been not only like very, very connecting for us to have these experiences to have this in common to be able to do these activities together. Um, But I also love being a Sigma Gamma Rho. Uh, I align with Everything that they align with. They were founded by educators, uh, Black women. You know, it's just. You know, obviously if you if you look into the history of Sigma Gamma Rho and how it was founded and where and why and by who, uh, it definitely aligns and resonates with me in every single aspect and I absolutely love it. Um, I love being active. I love the community service that they do, the different programs that they have. Um, I just, I really enjoy the friends that I've made uh, who are sorers of mine. So I've loved the whole experience. Pledging was so fun. Uh, being able to cross was so fun. I have pictures of uh, me finally being able to wear the colors and the poodles and the, and the numbers and do the signs. And I've been a like I said, since I was as young as can be. And there are pictures of me when I was a baby and really young. Uh, wanting to wear the poodles, wanting to do the signs. And my mom would always say, like, nope, you have to be a Soror, so hurry up and, you know, join because you have to be a Soror to do that. And so uh, since I was really young, I've been wanting to be her Soror, and now I am. Uh, like you said, my line name was Prodigy, and uh, when it comes to the success version of Prodigy, I really identify with that. So I really, really loved um, that line name. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed the whole process, uh, honestly. And um, I just, I, I, every opportunity I get, I'm over here like, yeah, 1922, yeah, poodles and blue and gold. So uh, I love it.
1: (laughs) I know it's about to be Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to (laughs) your mother and all the mothers out there, my wife, um, all the mothers out there. But you guys give it up to her father, who has now two sigma. Gamma Rose in the house. Oh my goodness, he's going for sainthood. Um, that's not easy, uh, and and that <laughs> that needs to be applauded too uh, because yeah, that that is awesome awesome. And, and and looking at his pictures, he looks to be so happy um, and proud of you and, and your siblings, I'm sure. But you can tell when somebody just is full of joy and that's how he looks like. He's just full of joy. <laughs> tell the people where they can connect with you, where they can try to recruit you for their school. Dr. Perry, <laughs> Stephen Perry, are you listening? Hey, uh, you know, um, where they can capture you and connect. Is it LinkedIn, Instagram, your own website? I know you have links in the yes. description but let the people know.
0: Yes, I am on LinkedIn. Um it's just my full name, Haley Taylor Schlitz on LinkedIn, on Instagram, my tag is Haley Taylor Schlitz, on Facebook, it's Haley Taylor Schlitz. Um on Twitter, it's H Taylor Schlitz, so there's a switch up. Uh my website is schlitz.com uh, there's a contacts form on there. If you want to be able to talk to me like, uh, you know, like in an email, uh, you could DM me on my social media and I'll respond. So um, definitely a bunch of ways to contact me. All of those contacts are on my website, though. So um, HaleyTaylorSwift.com is a great um pool of information to start with. Uh, It has my bio and my experiences and pictures and all that good stuff, but also my contact information and my book is on there. So uh, everything is there. So I would recommend starting at my website.
1: (laughs) Go to the website. And if I I hear, if I hear, because my wife is connected with your mother, if I hear any of you old lions or zebras or giraffes trying to holler at Haley, and you know that you're way too old to even say anything, you better keep it professional. I'm going to call you out personally, and I might even use my clients' bigger platforms to call you out as an <laughs> old lion doing way too much. Uh, so I, I'm just putting a warning out there. Don't don't try it.
0: I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I love that you came and you shared the game Thank you for coming on. And thank you all for listening, whether you are listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, our latest partner at AYB Radio in Freetown, Sierra Leone, or even YouTube. Kick up our YouTube numbers. Share the game. It will change somebody's life. Thank you all.
2: Be blessed. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman So imagine what you can do with a hundred dollars back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go. Always want to move there. Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out.